Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Pile Talk Pile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. Uh, I'm Zach, otherwise known as username Zach17. Um, got some other guys here tonight. What's up, guys? John, J Foster15. And I'm uh, Jason, JSA17. Um, we are um, celebrating um, a good end to the All Star break. Well, good start to the all-star break oh good start good end to the first half which is the all-star break yes i'd say we could edit it out in post but we're just rolling it by the yeah. seat of our pants today we're feeling good yeah feeling spry we recorded a podcast uh i guess it was nine days ago and i said something along the lines of if this team can go on like a 12 and 4 run or something like that that can really establish them as somebody that <clears throat> You know, is a buyer at the deadline and is in contention and everything like that. And the Rockies over their last sixteen have gone on a thirteen and three run. So I mean, they've damn. done that, which is yeah, pretty awesome. And then capped off by All Star Trevor Story hitting a walk off home run to end the first half. I mean, a five game win streak too. Yep, all against teams that are over five hundred. And basically, the entire back half of our schedule is teams that are over five hundred. Because we play the Nationals for one series at the very end of the year, who is exactly 500. And then we play the Padres a couple times. We play the Pirates once, who is, I think the Pirates only one game under 500. So basically our entire schedule is filled with playoff teams, or people vying well, for playoff Well, the Pirates spots. just beat the Brewers up, too. Yeah, they did five-game yes. sweep. I don't understand why there was five what games. going on? It, there was a rain out. Oh, okay. That was being replayed. So, they, yeah, they played, they played five-game. Series weird. and swept that series for the it's the first time in a long time that a team has swept a five game series. But um, yeah, talking about that, they, the Rockies have twenty one series left uh, in the season. And there is um, yeah, they play the Pirates once, who are one game under, and they play the Padres twice. And then other than that, everybody's at five hundred or over. Uh, so ATT Rocky Mountain had said that there was a uh, five series in a row that the Rockies have won against five over five hundred teams, which I think is the first time we've ever done that. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it is the first time we've ever done that. I guess the question would be how many opportunities have we had to win five straight series against teams above 500? Well, um, does that seem like team being good enough to do it? I mean, you'd have to like just say, even Just to have your opponents, to have five straight opponents be over 500, I think is probably you know somewhat rare. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is they did and they did it. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I think they're basically even now 29 and 30 against teams that are 500 or better so mm-hmm. they, they've played they've held their own one of those teams being Seattle um, which we won a one game affair against yeah that's rare with them but uh, yeah it's it's been pretty sweet to watch and then you know you have guys like Trevor Story who is an all-star and deservedly so and a couple of weeks ago I tweeted out just that Story was the best all-around shortstop in the NL, and got a lot of heat for that over you know Brandon Crawford and everything like that. And now, if you go look at F four, mm-hmm. Trevor Story has the most F four of any National League shortstop. So compelling. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. We have three losses in July so far. I July mean, is a lot better than June right now, <laughs> and I don't know if, if we it's had, like not had. Yeah, I don't know if it's any small coincidence that we were in first place before Adovino went on the DL, were terrible when he was gone, and now he's back, and we are playing well again. Pretty sure that like the the bullpen hasn't been terrible right now. No. It hasn't been, and a big part of that is that the starters are good again. Um, you know, they're you're getting we're getting six inning out of our starters pretty much all the time. Freeland had a recent start where he only went five. And that was really surprising. But, that you know, they're getting upsetting. into the sixth inning. They're getting into the seventh inning. John Gray pitched a phenomenal game oh, my on Lord. Saturday night. Redemption um, game. And so then you have, yeah. So then you have Oberg, who Oberg has, is having a really good season. We have Ottavino back, who's having a really good season. And we have Davis, who maybe has been a little shaky at times, but is still leading the NL in saves. So when those starting pitchers can get six, and then you can rely on Oberg, Ottavino, Davis, it's a good recipe. I mean, Oberg, uh, there was an ERA minus of, what was it again, John? 67 or 64, one of the two. It's it's minuscule. 
It's it's Im- so it's impressive for ERA minus. Just to clarify on that, the lower the number, the better. So a hundred is average, and then the lower you get, the better you are. Yeah, and so a six, yeah, sixty four is 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 really good. Let's yeah. uh, why don't y'all guess um, where Colorado's place is in XFIP in July? I'm gonna guess third. Yeah, bold. I would say second or second or third. Okay, those, just haven't been, those were they bold. Haven't been, did we go too bold? Hey, you went too bold. Went so, and with XFIP, you know, again, that brings in home runs into account, and the Rockies just haven't been really giving up home runs. Seattle didn't hit a single home run in that three game series. And that's how they score all the runs. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, remember yeah, that left on base percentage we were talking about, where uh, it was like 50% of people were scoring? Basically, yeah. Yeah, it's at 80.7% in July. That's a recipe for success. That's, yeah, that's the second I mean. best in baseball. Ooh. Um, and it's, you know, you go to, we've had good fill-ins. I know Hoffman had that just terrible first inning the other day, but he really settled down. And, and he had a terrible first inning in regards to, like, he gave up runs, but he didn't, they, the, they weren't hitting the ball hard against him or anything like that. It just, he gave up some runs. And then he settled in. And so we've gotten that spot start from him. We had a great spot start from Antonio Sanzatella. Anderson has been solid. Freeland is Freeland. Um, Bettis will be back, but as it stands right now, when, when, when Gray is, if he can do what he did on Saturday night, and the other guys are certainly holding their own, then if you have to get those Sensatella and Hoffman spot starts and they do well, then it's, you know, it's like you're not, you're not stressing out about it, I suppose. Yeah. And I got to caveat this real quick. Um, that was just the whole pitching staff, like all stars and relief pitchers. And um, in terms of just relief pitchers, we're 11th with 3.74 x FIP, and our left per- on base percentage is ninth at 79.1 percent. So I mean, it's still I'll so take much all better. those numbers. I'll take so all those numbers better. for a full year. Yeah, um, it's 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 good to watch, and it was it was so great to see that John Gray had that kind of redemption start. Um, if some of you maybe knew or missed it or anything like that, uh, that we had a meetup at the game on Saturday night that oh, had a really man. good turnout. I was very happy with that turnout. I don't know about you guys, people. but... Um, I was running around trying to find people and giving will call tickets. It was crazy. Right. <laughs> uh, so it was a great turnout for that. And then John Gray went out and got a standing ovation as he came out, a well-deserved standing ovation. Um, Ottavino got the next two hitters out. And on that final strikeout um, of that eighth inning, Coors Field just went ballistic i mean it was the loudest i've seen oh, Field in a really long time and it was really fun to be there for that and the only reason that john gray did poorly was that the wave started yes the wave started yeah yes. <laughs> Come on, this is people. a psa to literally everybody who goes to any rockies game if you see somebody doing the wave you stop. will put a stop to it do what you need to do we'll pay it's your bills it's one of those things with a Nolan Arenado bobblehead night. You know, you're going to have a lot of people at that game. And mm-hmm. it was, I mean, I, the crowd was unbelievable that night, but it's almost impossible to avoid the wave when it's a sellout crowd on a Saturday night like that because it's it's just... They pick the, the worst atmosphere. times, though. They just pick they the worst pick times. The worst yeah. times. Yeah. It's such a tense out. game, and then it's like all of a sudden you just hear... I was really hoping to say that Brian Shaw turned things around, but he's only pitched 1.2 innings in July. Well, they they've both been scoreless. Or they've been scoreless. Though. Yeah, Bud saw it kind of unraveling and yanked him real quick. I think just to keep his confidence so he didn't give up a run, and because then Oldberg came in and shut it down. So and that was such a good thing to see oh, because I still giving him Brian mistakes. Shaw was he he broke him in that that Friday night game against the Cubs when he just let him out there to get shelled and you can't yeah. Give, having giving him a quick hook was exactly what Ryan Shaw needed in that situation. Yeah. Do you guys want to hear some Oberg stats? Love to. I love. I'm loving me some Oberg today. Let's talk about July for Oberg. He's uh, got a 1.08 ERA and 8.1 innings pitched. Like it. Um, one earned run off of a home run. Don't it, like that, but like that it's only one. Eight strikeouts, on base percentage is two fifty, Woba is two seventy-five. And yeah, we haven't really we ha- there hasn't really been a game of huge Onoberg. No walks year. in July. X FIPS at two point oh one in July. Left on base percentage of hundred percent. One hundred. One hundred. Um 
and when yeah, I mean it's it's he's he's been Broberg. I think that's two years ago when Oberg kind of made his debut. Somebody commented in the subreddit to say that they were like his cousin or something like that, mm. and he had had a really good debut as everybody was really happy with him. And then that person has kind of disappeared last year because he was Owen Oberg for a majority <laughs> of the year, but. Yeah, that person could come back around because everybody's loving Scott Oberg right now. But I mean, there was a point last year where we wanted him and Jordan Lyles DFA'd, and they gave us the Jordan Lyles one. I think we have to. You have to give baseball teams a lot of credit because they're not us. Because we (laughs) suck sometimes. Like, yeah. Are are you guys ready to embrace the hashtag that we hate? What is it? Embrace the suck. Just know <laughs> they're going to hit. Oh God! We were s- <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone who is listening. Um, I mean, it is it is only like what a month of of good hitting. To be fair, bro. Ian and to Desmond, be fair, we were. Yeah. Ian Desmond exemplifies. We, you just know they're going to hit. <laughs> and Desmond, yeah, he's got his what's his stuff. His, his WRC plus is above eighty on the season. Desmond's is now. He's um, so close to being a zero launch. Speed. Great. I gotta find that out. You guys. Well, and it's it's a it's he's um. Everything <laughs> about him is better. It's not like he's making hard contact and. It's funny. That's it, I look up Statcast. The first it, thing that comes up yeah. is Ian Desmond. Nah. Like I don't have to search for him anymore. <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, it's not like he's he's like one aspect of his game got better or you know this or that. It's that Ian Desmond has become a competent hitter kind of all of a sudden. So his WRC plus is at 89, which is actually the same as DJ LeMahieu and three points higher than Gerardo Parra. Um, And when you remember that in mid-May, late May, maybe even early June, his WRC plus was 50. So that's that's a big jump there. So we are getting closer and closer to zero. Is your dog still not like Ian Desmond? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. That was just a weird noise, and he freaked out. It's okay. He wants to make sure I don't die. He's protective. So, his launch angle so far this year is negative 0.8, so we're getting there. Hey, better than Eric Hosmer. So. Yeah. Boo you, Padres. That's true. Um, his X velocity is at 90 miles per hour now, which is better than his 2017 and his 2015. So... And he's, you know, he's he's walking a lot more. Um, a lot. He's still more. striking out a fair amount, but like the the walks are big. He's like like you were talking about with the launch angle. He's not hitting everything on the ground. He's pulling the ball. Like you, when he hit that monster home run the other oh day, my God. that was that like landed 40 on the degrees launch angle right there. Yeah, I think it was four hundred and seventy six feet. Um, it was one of the longest home runs I've ever seen. It was a it was a shot. And uh, he's at he's so right now he's at negative point one F four, um, which is well within well within the margin of error to be an above replacement level player. Yeah, and there was a, I mean there was a period earlier in the year that he was had more than one negative one F four. So it's like Desmond, I, he's never going to be able to live up to the contract he signed. No. Like I just don't think that's ever a thing. That might be the thing you have to do with least, every player that's going to be over 30 now though yeah i mean he at least is like he like he can't he just can't live up to it but he cannot you know just make you look at him and go oh my gosh this is so bad like he's finally getting to a point that it's not oh my gosh this is so bad well we've had a month a little over a month then yeah of of, a very good desmond of good ian desmond and we've had a year and well i mean if we're actually talking like that'd be six months and two months like eight months of bad Desmond? Yeah, so Desmond. the alligator mouse still eating the bad part. The alligator mouse. The greater man. And it's, so if you look at Desmond uh, just over the course of the season, it's it's been just an upward trend in a lot of it. Like his average in March and April was 178, and then 215 in May to 261 in June, and now sitting at 340 in July. Um, so he's gone up every year or every, excuse me, every month in that he's striking out. Like what we were talking about, he's, he is striking out kind of still kind of a lot, but his pace is actually down so far in July. Um, but the walks are the big thing. It's just, he's in June, especially he, he walked 17 times. Um, and in the first two months of the season, he had only walked 11 times total. So 
it's like he's getting himself on base and Desmond we know is fast he never slides whatever. oh my lord that <laughs> triple <laughs> that triple right. and that dude gives me like heart we, pains we, we know Desmond's fast so when he's walking and getting on base like he he can add a lot to the team that maybe he's not he wasn't adding with his bat before but it just makes a huge difference yeah true the, there was that one game he walked, I think, three times in a game, and every pitch was pretty close. And it was probably the best at-bat he's ever had. Quality in a Rockies uniform. Yeah. Let's, let's, um, let's take a quick break um, and talk about things that have been quality a little bit more and maybe our new outlook for the next couple of weeks. I so, like outlooks. 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 We're going to go do some uh, spreadsheets and emails and <laughs> talk about our outlook. See you guys after the break. Welcome back to Rock Pile Talk File. Um, let's talk contention, which seemed I'm for it. crazy. It seemed crazy last time I checked. Yeah. So... When we podcast about a week ago, we talked about where we'd want the team to be. Um, they were going to be buyers or sellers or you know, just standing pat. John, I know you argued for them just standing pat, kind of regardless of where they were. Um, or if standing pat, if, even if they were doing poorly, and then mm-hmm. buying, obviously, if they were you know, four or so games out. Um, as of right now, the Rockies are two games back of the Dodgers. They're a game and a half back. Of the Diamondbacks, and they are what would you? Say, I think it's three games back of the second wild card. So, or no, it's actually two games back yeah. of the second wild card. Of Atlanta. Yeah, of Atlanta, yeah, and then three games back of the first wild card. So the Rockies are right there in contention again, and that We're in was, third place. Yeah, that was kind of the the argument that we both or all three rather made about um, you know getting on a run because that's where you can establish yourself. And yeah, now I mean they're they're two games back of the division and two games back of the wild card, and that's, I mean you really can't complain too much about where they are. So let's yeah. talk about um, 2016. 2016, we were also like an above well, we're a little above 500 now. We were suddenly above 500 for the first time in a while, and we did nothing, and it was hard to take that. And this year, it's just 2019 could be the window, but. I am also like cautiously optimistic. When I look at the other like National League West teams, I'm not as like overwhelmed by their pitching staffs as I used to be. There's the Arizonas. You get through either you get through Granky and then like Corbin's been shaky. Um, and we always we shaky. do hit, our team hits well against Granky too. I feel I feel confident in a matchup mm-hmm. against Granky. Right. You get through Kershaw and then. Um, Rich Hill and his blisters. Rich Hill. Um, um, Kenta Maeda. Maeda is actually yeah. putting up a decent season. He's out of the bullpen right now, I think. Maeda never really worries me too much, if I'm honest. Um, but it's... It's not that they didn't the, get uh, Ryu back. Well, no. is, is, is he doing the, okay? I couldn't even tell you. And I know they just optioned Walker Buehler back down to AAA. I'm sure he's got innings limit that they're worried about. So mm-hmm. he's it's him and Kershaw who worry me with the Dodgers. And, you know, Kershaw's had his injury issues, and it sounds oh, like they're going to limit. Oh, yeah, Ross Stripling's had a really good yeah, year. Yeah, talk about Ross Stripling. He's had a great year. Rashford has had a really good year, but he's still kind of an outlier. So he's not a guy that you necessarily look at on the schedule and go, okay, Stripling's going to murder us because there's a chance that any day now Stripling comes back to Rashford. His ERA plus is 188. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's, it's has he ever had an, I mean, what's his next highest ERA plus? You got to wonder. Probably like one before. Not that. Um, so, so, you know, when I said I don't worry about them, their, their worst starting pitcher is Alex Wood at 100 ERA plus. You know, it's weird. Or, or Alex, Wood, Alex Wood has the ability to make you look like the worst lineup in baseball or the best lineup in baseball. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like when we had Tyler Chatwood. He would come out and kill lineups, and then sometimes he would look awful. Stripling's been going up in ERA Plus every year. 102, 110, 188. So, I mean... Yeah, a little I mean, bit of a jump. And I know that ERA Plus is... I, I know that ERA Plus is ballpark adjusted, but you just still can't ignore the fact that like they have ERA Pluses above... 
100 all of them because they're still playing in Dodger Stadium. And it does it does adjust, but they're not giving up the home runs that they would give up. They're not giving up different things like that. And I just – if I, the, the rotation I'm probably most afraid of when it's healthy is the Giants, but it's not Definitely. healthy. Yeah. So it's hard to just win on the deal again. Yeah, deal. like Shark can be really good. Obviously, Mad Bum is going to go. You know, he's going to do well. Yeah, in he'll. Pitches, all, I mean, but that's Freeland a loss you can't gone, be sad about. Yeah, Freeland has gone toe to toe with Mad Bum twice. Um, twice, yeah. And what's different yeah, is just, that you know, I mean, we haven't won at home before like July, but we went to Dodger Stadium. We played good games. We went to San Francisco. We played good games. Um, Arizona, I think we, we played. To, Couple games that were good, but the start of the season in Arizona was rough. I, and, I until this past series, we had not played well against Arizona for over a year at that yeah. point. That's why yeah, that nineteen to two game, I think, was just, just it was cartoonish in nature. But it was something. It was basically like exercising a demon for them just to just destroy them, kind of just get well, that they, monkey off their back. Yeah, they got out of their system, and then the next day they played. A game that Arizona is supposed to be good at. The Rockies beat Arizona at their at their own game. They beat them and they beat them five to one. They got after the best bullpen in baseball, and ended up, you know, taking that game. And our bullpen, which hasn't been nearly as good as Arizona's, came in and shut them down. It was that nineteen to two game. Then led into a game that I I, I said in a comment somewhere that the Rockies beat the the Diamondbacks at their own game and. When you go out and you lose nineteen to two, it sucks. But when you lose at what you do best, I think it hurts even more. And that's exactly what the Rockies need to do to the Diamondbacks. You know, yeah. and Robbie Ray hasn't quite been the same. Nope. God, was Robbie, a one point five whip. Robbie Ray was always somebody that looked better than he like. It's kind of like the John Gray thing, where where I argue he's really good, and people say he just doesn't look good. Uh, Robbie Ray is like the opposite. He looks good, and then he just gets shelled every once in a while. But it's and they, you know, they talk about they, their announcers were so funny in that game that wasn't televised, which is shout out AT and T. Give a Ross, or a, excuse on. me, a Kyle Freeland home start against a divisional rival. That we've always and you, you have to, yeah, you can't you can't watch it if you live in Colorado, which is such a ridiculous thing. But it's crap. Um, it was kind of funny to listen to their announcers to talk talk about. Uh, Coors Field being uh, such a hitter's park and how this is a Coors Field hit and blah, 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 blah. Then why don't when you they, hit? Yeah, they play at Chase, well, they play at Chase Field. They have a humidor too. Like, you guys yeah. are also a hitter's park. Gosh. Yeah, you don't just put the humidor in for no reason. Right. You, yeah, so, you, you, you didn't suddenly just decide that one day. In summarizing contention, though, um, there are four teams who could win the NL West. And... The issue is, like, I just want to win the division. On the 25th year of our existence, I, I just want to win the division so badly. And I don't think that we can make the moves to necessarily make us that much better. But I know that the Dodgers might have the money to, and San Francisco said they're willing to... You heard about that San Francisco rumor? That everybody except for Posey and... Mad Bum? Was it Mad Bum? It was basically two guys that weren't available and everybody else was up for sale. I still don't understand the Giants this year. I don't either. I, and they they made that Austin Jackson trade to shed money, basically. It was it was a, it was a salary dump in every essence to get further under the tax line. Which Giants, to me which to me signaled they were gonna go trade for somebody else that was better than Austin Jackson because mm-hmm. and they needed that money. But that hasn't happened. I think the Giants are in that weird spot that teams find themselves in that they're just not quite good enough. Like I just they just aren't. But they're not quite bad enough either. So I just I mean I don't I don't see them making a big move because it they're not gonna go they're not gonna get a rental on somebody like Machado because he's not enough to put them over the top. And I and I worry that we're in a similar position, but then when you talk about the Dodgers, there's rumors about them going after Machado, but then there's also rumors that the Dodgers are specifically trying to stay under the luxury tax or stay lower in the luxury taxes because they've spent so much money over the last couple of years. Right. So I well, just, Machado I don't know. I think play short too. And he's a, he's an awful shortstop. Right. So it's, I don't, I don't know where that division You could technically goes. just move Chris Taylor. The center field. Yeah. yeah anywhere. He's a great player. Yeah. Thanks to Seattle. 
But you, but the thing is, Machado can't be signed by the Giants because they've got all those people. They got Longoria's there anyway. I was looking the the Giants Pythagorean is forty six and fifty two, and they've got um, Longoria, Panic, Smarja, and Strickland on the DL. The Strickland yeah, thing might be good for them though. Right. I just don't <laughs> oh, see the Giants today. making a move now. The, a move that the Rockies can make. BSN is is on that and has been for not going to happen. And, it, it, it's, and I, I don't think it will. But that's a move that they could make. Is a Degrom move makes that team significantly better. It does. I mean, the problem with the Degrom move would be if the Mets made him available. We don't have the pieces that other teams have to get Degrom. So unless the Mets were just hell bent on getting him to us, we can't beat any other offer. You don't think of you don't think of Brendan Rodgers offer in there interest the Mets? I'm sure it does, but then the Yankees can come with Miguel Andujar, who's just as good as Brendan Rodgers, and they have better secondary pieces. Right. Yeah, yeah the Yankees need a starter. I mean, it's good. The Yankees are going to be back into evil Empire territory. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I don't think a DeGrom trade would happen just because I don't, we don't have the ammo for it. I'm sure Jeff Breidich has done his due diligence on everything and if the Mets said sure what do you got and he gave them their his A plus offer I don't think our A plus offer beats anybody else's A plus offer not anybody else's but a lot of other teams it's, it's DeGrom I mean, it's DeGrom I mean I would be fine trading a Brendan Rodgers a Garrett Hampson hell Ryan McMahon for a, a throwing David Dahl if you want that would be enough I mean, that's a lot to give up. That would be enough. But and, that would all yeah. be for the hope of this year. I mean, you're throwing away Hampson at second or Ryan McMahon at first or second. Still you mad about Ryan have McMahon, to re- Yeah, way. you'd have to re-sign DJ because then you wouldn't have any infield depth. Right. It would be, I mean, who else is is out there then, I guess, because you're not, like, I don't, the Marlins don't really have any pitching as far as teams that are sellers. Royals have Kyle I don't, Duffy's the, not the Padres aren't going to make a trade with us. The Orioles have a terrible rotation. Gossman, the White Sox great. have a terrible rotation. I mean, I'd love Dylan Bundy on this team. I just wouldn't love what it would probably cost. And the Orioles, I mean, I know that they're so focused on Machado, and I just can't imagine that the way, you know, everything you hear about that front office, with how focused they are on, on Machado, you've got to wonder if they're even – Considering moving anywhere, anybody else until that happens. I mean, I'd be fine well, if we trade for Zach the, Britton. Didn't they want the Machado Britton trade, like to be both? The Phillies were thinking about taking that. I feel like I wouldn't yeah. do that if I was Baltimore, though. Just do it. Whole rebuild. They don't. I think when well, you I have a season that's almost one of the worst ever. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't trade them. I I would rather trade them separately if I was the Orioles, though, because I feel like I can get more back. Get a better right for them. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I told Fall you guys right. and told the subreddit that on Saturday at the game, I actually was walking up and Dick Munford was standing at the top. And I just said to him, hey, this team is fun to watch. And he said, yeah, let's hope they stay that way. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Well, it was an interesting it was interesting to me because it was. Like when he was saying, let's hope they stay fun to watch, it, I kind of took it as like an honest answer. It wasn't fluff. It wasn't anything like that. It was like, yeah, this team needs to stay fun, kind of like, because he is, he's paying attention. Like he wants the team to win. And there's right. been a lot of accusations of Munford in the past that he doesn't care about winning. And we have talked about that a couple times that we have, for the second year in, the row, in a row, our highest payroll in history. So he's. He's invested in the team winning, and, it, and that is something and, that when you're talking about Breidich having the freedom to go out and make moves, like it helps if Munford wants to watch a fun team. And we're supposed to have extra money, too. That yeah. was the rumor before the season, yeah, that there was, a what I think it was like an extra $15 million or something like that that was reserved for if you're in contention, you can do something. What if you took a big risk on Michael Fulmer? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I, well, I know on Michael Fulmer. He's not a guy I could see being successful in Coors. He's uh, a volleyball pitcher, not a strikeout wick. guy. And with yeah. how much team control he has, it's going to cost a lot. It would cost a Brendan Rodgers. And I don't think uh, Fulmer's that guy. 
it's interesting with Brendan Rodgers because to me, in my mind, I've kind of already started considering Brendan Rodgers as somebody that we won't see in a Rockies uniform just because I was excited for him for so long, but he just is such a chip. He's a chip. Us. He's, he's yeah. the number one piece that we have, and I'm not opposed to trading him in any deal. It's Michael Fulmer, no thank you. You know, if it was a rental like a Zach Britton, no thank you. But in the, not that this person's available, but if, like, let's say Roberto Ozuna was not a piece of shit human being. Yeah, we're never doing the that. The Blue Jays were selling. That's the kind of guy, even as a reliever with all that team control, I'd be fine giving up Rodgers for. I'm fine giving up a lot of the top prospects. Colton Welker, Garrett Hampson, uh, Peter Lambert even. I'm fine giving those guys up much Lambert? more than I am. Yeah, much more than I am for I want Lambert Rogers. because I don't trust Hoffman and Bettis isn't going to be here forever. I think next year is going to be Bettis' first year in arbitration. Or yeah. it's his second year. I mean, he's been doing okay. He's serviceable, I guess. It's a- He's exactly what you expect a number five starter to be. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we're, yeah, so we're at that halfway point of the season. We're coming to the All-Star game. And I guess we'll see what's today, the 16th, though there are 15 or 14 days left um, before the trade deadline. So there aren't that I many guess we'll see starters. what happens. But it is I mean, pretty cool that we have Nolan Arenado starting. We have Trevor Story in the game. Chuck probably doesn't totally deserve to be there, but that'll be fun no. to watch. This is I'm like kind of hoping Chuck. Yeah, I kind of hope Chuck doesn't play, though, other than maybe he gets, like, a swing in and doesn't play the field because I feel like he's starting to get healthy and I don't want something to get tweaked in the outfield in an all-star game. Right. He's just kind of there for the overall, like, hey, and we have this guy named Charlie Blackman. Remember this guy, baseball? He's fun. Yeah, Chuck's there because of his personality this year, for sure. Yeah, I think it's cool that the players voted him in. Like, that, that makes me feel good. And Verlander kind of got on that horse um, about he, player voting because he said that they vote by mail. Yeah. They vote by mail like like a, more than a month before the All-Star game. So he was like saying, if you're going to blame us for voting in anybody that we shouldn't have, maybe you should, you know, bring us a modern voting system and not something right. from the 70s. Yeah, like every clubhouse has probably like 12 iPads in there. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I mean, it, and it would, it would be... Like filling out a paper ballot and sending it in would take probably more time. I know somebody's sending that for them, but then filling out the paper ballot is going to take more time than them punching a few buttons on an iPad. Yeah, just is. So makes no sense. Um, So we're coming. Our series after the All Star break is against Arizona at Arizona. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Did you guys see that they lined up our first two starters at least? Fridays Marquez, Saturdays Freeland. Okay with it. Yeah, that Marquez has been. He's on. He's I mean, very on, and he's been super. He's been really good lately. Marquez has been. We're two mm-hmm. behind the Diamondbacks right now. Yeah, if we so win yeah, that series, it's we're tied. It's a huge series coming up. Um, and Marquez on that front, you know, at the beginning of the year when he was working, he was. I think it's still be ahead of us. He was still. clearly afraid to go high and inside for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, Marquez was, and and that all culminated in hitting Chris Bryant, and that really made him even more gun shy but it seems like every pitch is back in Marquez's repertoire at this point it's it's nice having him back it's just it's weird having faith in your um in your starting pitching yeah it's great i think i told i've told you guys that uh on the tyler anderson front there's a guy in our fantasy league who just isn't my favorite person and he just when we had our draft, he just ripped and ripped and ripped and ripped on Tyler Anderson, and he was a, a sh- he was sure that Anderson was going to be in AAA by like two weeks into the season, everything like that. So, when Anderson has been one of our most reliable pitchers, I just every time I think about it, I laugh at that guy more than anything else. Just screenshot his Baseball Reference WAR, which is almost as much as Kyle Freeland's now. <laughs> right? Yeah, he I'm, care. I'm, I'm a little worried. You know how Freeland faded off last year. Huh? So hopefully we can take two of three from at least two of three from Arizona into Arizona, and we should have our announcers complain about what a hitter's park Arizona is. And should we do it, dude? I would <laughs> love it if they did that in like go to Los Angeles and just complain about how a fly ball like gets caught at the morning track. Oh, that's out in like 
sixty percent of the ballparks in every baseball. park. If Drew doesn't say marine layer at least twenty times, it's been a failure. When we go to San Diego, he says it a lot. I don't know why. Is it worse in San Diego? I don't know. But yeah, he says it a lot in San Diego. Southern. It's more marine, mostly because the Coast Guard there. Oh yeah, and not the Marines though. <laughs> Uh, there's probably marines around there but <laughs> it feels marine there's a layer of marine, of mm. marine. This, or as what does Seattle call it the SOG the SOG they're feeling that SOG yeah. now well let's go uh, Mariners Rockies World Series sound good Dude. yeah I would down for it the you could just say States. blank Rockies in the World Series and I'd be down <laughs> I just insert American League team um, so we don't really I, I'd be okay with not doing anything and we're on close to contention and okay all-star game prediction and then Zona Zona, Zona. Uh, let's, so Nolan's hitting second so he's gonna face Chris Sale and so I'm really excited to watch that matchup because I feel like he's gonna challenge Nolan and if he leaves anything inside Nolan's gonna get an extra base hit so I, I feel Nolan confident. I think Nolan gets an extra base hit against Chris Sale. I think Trevor Story makes one great defensive play that everybody goes, wow. The Story, as much as I would love to see Nolan get something against Sale, a Story making a big play like that, or even like a big offensive play or a big defensive play mm-hmm. that the rest of the league looks at him and goes, oh my gosh, look at like he deserves to be here because right. he fully deserves he to does. be here. He fully deserves He's to be here. He's been the hottest player a, in the league since like yeah, June 8th, and, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and like, like we've talked about on the first segment, Trevor Story is leading the NL shortstops in war. Like, oh, and fully to lose, deserves the to be an most RBIs player. by a shortstop ever before the All-Star break, right? Right. Uh, Ernie Banks incredible. had it twice. Okay. Drew forgot Ernie Banks in his search. <laughs> Ernie Banks did yeah. it twice, two times more. <laughs> okay, besides Ernie Banks. <laughs> that doesn't count that Ernie Banks is a Hall of Famer. Right, right. Well, I mean, Story is a future Hall of Famer. So uh, that's so bad. <laughs> uh, that's, why, that's why Taylor McGregor was looking at him like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then with Nolan, you know, Nolan's leading the NL in F4. So Nolan fully deserves to be there. And obviously nobody is arguing that Nolan doesn't no. deserve to be there. It would be fun to it'd be fun to see him do something, but just since there's been an argument of whether Story deserves it, and again he fully does, but if he did something on national television, people would give him the recognition that he fully deserves. It's so hard to predict the All Star Game and what's going to happen to your player because they're put in a certain position at a certain time with a team they don't play for, hoping that the ball goes their way. Uh, Basically, yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, I think a short uh, Brad Hop had that. Brad Hop had that almost game winning home run. Mm. A few years ago, mm. he would have been the MVP if the Heat if that had gone two feet further. I remember the Aaron Cook game. Oh yeah, just just um, like a couple days ago. Definitely not many many years ago. <laughs> or when you Baldo started. That was so cool. then uh, yeah. So, so we, the, I think the I think the AL is gonna win. Four. I mean that lineup two. is nasty. I mean they're just. They're a little bit better powered. That lineup. Manny Machado is hitting seventh. The guy whose weighted runs created plus is like 160 or something like crazy like that is hitting seventh. And it's not crazy. And honestly, what, uh, the NL is- pitching, I mean, I mean, we know we have like Kershaw, DeGrom, and Scherzer. Missing one glaring, two glaring omissions there in uh, Kyle Freeland and Adam Adovino. Not that I'm bitter or anything. Get your rest, guys. Relax. Need yeah. you. you know, when you, you talk about the AL having the power and everything like that, and I don't disagree with you, but I, I think you guys have seen that the NL is having almost an historically good year against the AL. Typically, the AL leads the interleague games, which has years. been that way for years, but the NL is really beaten up on the AL this year, which is also kind of fun to see because I know even though the NL is the senior circuit, there's certainly a perception among a lot of fans that the AL is the superior league so it's fun to see the NL beat up on them especially with their DH oh my god yeah. that yeah. cruise strikeout by was it just Oberg or was it yep. who, was it Oberg yeah I think it was Oberg just a little bit above the belt Ugh. just their their DH we have we have a I was kind of hoping I was kind of hoping Nelson Cruz would play outfield for just like a couple innings just to see it it's you know we do see. have to say like thank you Mitch Hanniger yes Thank you, Ben Gamble. Mm-hmm. It's 
I think, you know, we've seen Hunter Pence, who certainly is, you know, an all-star field or anything like that, but we've seen how terrible Hunter Pence, Pence is in that right field. And Hanager, same thing. He just kind of looked lost out there. And like, a few of Hunter their Pence, outfielders did. But, Hunter uh, Pence takes the Lucky Charms, takes the marshmallows out of the Lucky Charms, and only eats the non-Lucky Charms. <laughs> only eats the cereal. That's gross. <laughs> With orange juice. Yeah, so, I mean, Hanniger mis- misplaying that ball directly led to a run. I mean, it was one, that one that first one would have scored, but Chuck isn't necessarily going to score there. He does specifically because Hanniger misplayed that ball. I just worry about August. Because we have a very good September usually, but August sometimes is a repeat of June. You think so? You think you're worried about August? I think August is the month that we have our easiest schedule. We have a hard schedule coming up, though, right? We do, but I think August is the only month that it's kind of reprieval because we do St. Louis, who just fired their manager, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Dodgers, oh, Astros, that's going to suck, Braves, Padres, Cardinals again, and then Angels, Padres. I think in reference to the Cardinals and having just fired their manager, those are teams that I don't like to play because Mm -hmm. they... Teams immediately after finding their manager are like they're kind of yeah they're out to prove something. Um, I mean even like you can look at the 2009 Rockies when we fired Clint Hurdle and that team went off in the playoffs with under Jim Tracy. I don't think um, Mike Matheny it, came into the dugouts or came into the clubhouse and said I took the fall for you guys you're better than well, this. And, right. and I don't think he took the fall but I think it's the team like I, I think the team disliked Matheny mm-hmm. so now that the team has done something and gotten rid of Matheny now they they're out to be like you made the right move type of deal. Yeah, so. uh, well, that could be. I think August is only easier because we played the Padres six times. Hey, that helps. Seven times. That helps. Well, yeah, we so what do you guys think uh, happens in the upcoming Arizona series? Also, why are we playing like AOS teams six times now? We have another two-game set against the Angels? Yep. What? What is going on this year? The schedule is... This, is this the first or second year they haven't used that old couple? This is the first or second year it's computer-generated. Bring them really back. <laughs> All right, so Arizona series. Um, I'll say we win the series. I won't predict a sweep because that seems too bold. Um, so I'll say we'll, we'll win Freeland start for sure. And then when we'll win Friday because apparently we're not very good on Sundays unless we play the Mariners. Don't tell me we're doing a Sunday thing again. Yeah, what's up with that? We're not no. running out our C lineups like Jim Tracy was. Everybody's tired from partying on Saturday, I guess. I um, guess. <laughs> so I would say, right, yeah, two of three I would be very, very happy with. I think that Trevor Story is going to come off the All-Star game and have a great series in Arizona. Yeah. Usually does. It's well against Arizona. Um, we'll certainly win the Kyle Freeland start. I'll be curious to see what the rotation looks like. It's almost a guarantee now that we're going to win Kyle oh Freeland God, starts. So Isn't that so weird? It's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it's... it's Well, just because he's our DeGrom, we actually put like at least three runs. Yeah. Right. And it's so cool. I mean, it's so cool to see because everybody knew... Like, everybody saw last year that that kid could be good but i don't know that ever, that anybody expected him to be who he is this year I, nobody looked at kyle freeland and thought that he's gonna be our ace like you know maybe he's our three or four pitcher but he is a straight up ace so far this year i mean four um, solid starters in a bet is, is really unique for a rockies team you can't yeah you can't complain about it and bettis can very often get those six innings in and only allow one or two runs you know, it he's depends not, on the feel of like one of his pitches yeah, it's that, yeah, it's curve. a two-seamer. Two yeah. And how Bettis is definitely a pitcher that how the first inning goes is how the game goes. Oh, can we? Whereas a lot of our pitchers are just ter- – I mean, all of our pitchers are bad in the first inning. I feel like when Bettis is bad in the first inning, it's a bad sign, whereas when Freeland especially has a rough first inning, you just don't even worry about it. I still think we should just put Brian Shaw in the first inning. Just give him a different look. That's what I've been – that's what I was saying, like when Bettis struggles in the first inning. Or get Dude, him like shot maybe he gets like two outs. Just get him a different look. Just try something different. Zach, what do you think for the Arizona series? Two and one. One of the games we win, we didn't deserve to win. Ooh, I love those wins. Those are my favorite wins. What the errors <laughs> on the the Diamondbacks defense? <sighs> Your favorite. There was a yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. 
Uh, it's we, just so we won, nice. We won that game. We won that game against the Giants when Brandon Crawford committed that huge error. That's, That's what it was. Yes. That yeah. it was just he was player of the game right there. It just made my day that it was Brandon Crawford. Okay, how about uh, a super specific play that might happen in the series that totally won't? Uh, I'll go. Carlos Gonzalez totally deeks the runner to think the ball's out, catches the ball for the out, and doubles him off. Gets him. Uh, one of our pitchers hits a home run. Hmm. Ooh. I like that one. I'm gonna say, I couldn't tell you which one it's going to be, but one of them's going to hit a home run. Marquez. Oh, Marquez yeah. can hit the hell out of the ball. Marquez. Dude, he decrushed that ball. <laughs> that looked like a Mark Reynolds home run. <laughs> Para um, accidentally drops the ball but gets the guy at second. Nice. That's if that if it wasn't rainy on Sunday, he had that dude at home. Yeah, no, he I had know. it. He would have had but him by like five him. steps. And you can't be mad at Para. Like it was rainy as hell. Yeah, I don't even yeah, know why that, we was, that game to be honest with you. Because it was an early game. I mean, if if that was like if that was an NL team, that that game one hundred percent is rained out. I mean, John, I know you're in Omaha, but it. I mean, it started raining in like the third or fourth inning, and I think it stopped raining at eight o'clock that night. So it wasn't like it was a just kind of a short passing storm or a drizzling like that. Like it, it rained and rained and rained and rained and rained and rained, and it looked like it was miserable to be there, to be honest. Oh. And, and still how had, much diamond dry they put on that field was ridiculous. <laughs> right, and they still so had thirty-five thousand people at that game. It's uh, a fun team to so, watch. We're finally playing yeah. good baseball. And really quickly on that, front of the fans, I know you complained about the wave, and that's rightfully so. Um, Fox Pile wrote an article that they interviewed Kyle Freeland, and Freeland made a comment that when he's pitching, especially, he really dislikes the wave, and he'll step off the mound if he knows it's going to go behind the plate and everything like that because it takes him out of his zone. Um, so I thought that was interesting to see. But regardless of that, it's pretty amazing that the Rockies got – I mean, that, that – midweek series against Arizona that they typically don't draw well against Arizona and they had 120,000 people for the series Friday night was sold out Saturday was sold out Saturday was one of the best crowds I've seen at Coors Field and oh it was was, was an amazing crowd and Sunday when it was pouring rain they had 35,000 people there so I guess on another front with Dick Monfort is you know you know he's wanting the team to be fun to watch but when that team is fun to watch I mean it's just he's lining his pockets because there's people at the baseball game so I mean, that's what, that. You know what that was one of the things that a few years ago, when the whole stuff came out about all that junk, don't play. I don't know don't why know. nobody nobody sat down with them and said, "Hey, if you have a good team, you're going to make more money. The right. better your team, the more money you make." Right. I mean, imagine how much. I mean, especially with everybody getting there so early on um, Saturday. The concession prices, or the money they probably made from concessions on Saturday. Right, so a sold out a sold out game when you get people that are coming. So much I mean, biker at, gyms. There were so many people there. Yeah, biker gyms or just having those even those cheap beer on the rooftop. I mean, they're making a lot of money Thanks. off those, and then all the people that stayed on the rooftop drinking and those concession. Yeah, the concession lines were crazy, and I mean, they they just a game like that. They just have to make so much money off that. So putting a product on the field that promotes those games just makes sense. I want to finish it out with uh, with roster construction. Because um, I know we don't want to make any moves, but at the same time, do we still honestly have three catchers? Yes. We still, do we still like honestly have Pavaleka? Yeah, what the hell what is I, that? Where what I really don't understand about the having three catchers right now, I love papers. We all love papers, uh, but what I don't understand about having three catchers right now is we talked about Tony being a platoon catcher for John Gray. He's not catching John, John Gray. John Gray got sent down. Walter stayed up, and then Gray came back up, and Walters didn't catch John Gray on Saturday night. So it's I don't I don't it really get why Tony Walters is on our roster. I f- love the guy. Don't know why he's on our roster. Let's just demote Valeka and keep Please. up. I mean, maybe we need Dunn back up, and then Dunn's got that weird shoulder thing. I don't know if we're going to see him again this year. Uh, AC joints are no Estevez joke with shoulders. Came off of the DL. I mean, I know he's not close, but he came off. Yeah, Carlos Estevez just went down to AAA. I don't know, Zach. You're the one who's got this doctor background. AC joints. They, they can mess with you, right? Yes. And that's. I don't think we're going to see done the rest of the year. Yeah, they probably not. Remove, they have to remove a bone in his hand. Just, <laughs> just find bones and either remove them or put them in. That's all medicine is. Take something out or put it back in. But like, if you want Tony three, like. Tony Three Bags is probably not going to be the best hitter for the rest of the time. But if he's able to play second base or 
Okay, if Estevez is healthy, mm-hmm. we bring up Estevez, and we bring up McMahon and demote Valeka and demote Walters. Because I know McMahon wasn't that good at the beginning of the year, and I know he's not the best pinch hitter, but I would trust him more than Valeka or Walters right now. What's weird to me is the Tapia call-up. And it's not that I don't want Tapia up here. I just feel like he played that one game in center in, in L.A., and I don't think he started other than that. And then we just kind of put him in as a pinch hitter at the end of the games, which is... I don't know why you want Tapia pinch hitting because he's not a homer threat. I just wish we the had like some veteran pinch hitters rather than using our minor league people and wasting their like consistent at bats on on us. Well, and that's the thing: the way we use some of those young guys that should be coming up to gain confidence, and then we just sit him on the bench. Or like when we brought J Pat up, and he literally never stepped. He on didn't the field. play at all. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I. I, we're, we're, we have a winning record, so I guess we can't complain too much. But at the same time, it's like, what are you? Why? And why I don't know if it's that? complaining so much as trying to figure out what the heck right. they're doing. Just give us a, give us something to understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a team constructed like this team is Three for the last month, catchers, basically. Six outfielders, and it's somehow working. Maybe it's just the dynamic yeah. or something. It's amazing right now. And, I mean, three catchers isn't totally unheard of. We've talked about that, that in 2016, the Cubs had three catchers. But their three catchers was because... Um, David Ross had to David catch... David Ross, gosh, I had totally... Had to catch John Lester. Like, yeah, he caught John Lester, and that was it. And so... Lester couldn't throw had, unless it was to David Ross. Right. right. And so then when we had... Um, which is kind of that's kind of funny that they're both J O N Johns, yeah. their personal catcher. Uh, when he was throwing, when it was thrown to Tony Walters, John Gray was, and it was like okay, it's a necessary thing. But yeah, I don't get it right now. Do you guys think the Reds would move anybody? No, I thought they would move Scooter Jeanette, but it sounds like the Reds are happy with how well they're they'll they'll move Matt Harvey, which right. I so wouldn't the Reds, be the, what are the, the, the Reds to. start out two and eighteen. Is that how they started their season? Is something like that. It was really bad. I was just hoping we could like Maybe grab Duvall or something for a pinch hitter. I think it was three and eighteen. You know, uh, I think yeah, they would be willing to give up Duvall just because they have other. They have they're other like people. us, they're where a lot of their them. prospects are outfielders, and that's a home run threat. I mean, it's a strikeout threat, but it's a home run threat that's better than DeLaker or Walters. We just need to get Joey Votto. Oh my gosh. Well, we need more outfielders. That's the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> and and left-handed. They're only left-handed. Only left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ian Desmond. That's why you play first base. <laughs> you're a righty. You can't play the outfield if you're a righty. Come on. <laughs> All right. We're good. All right, guys. Well, guess we'll watch the All Star game tomorrow and hope for a big series win in Arizona this weekend. I'm excited. I'm excited. Good baseball is fun. Yeah, Good baseball is fun. Love it. All right. All right. See you. Talk to you guys. Bye, guys. Yeah.